Welcome back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward, and um, today's episode is going to be about a sport that we have never been able to feature on the podcast yet. Um, part of the reason is it is a very like niche um, subsection of another sport, um, but also the other part is I didn't really even know speed flying existed <laughs> until probably a few months ago. Um, I got the chance, I got the opportunity to go to the Breckenridge Film Festival and watch the film The Dissensionists um, featuring today's athlete who is a one-of-a-kind adventurer, um, world-class athlete, just an, and just an awesome dude, like really love talking with him. Uh, we get to feature Scotty Dabo today. And Throughout the years doing this podcast, uh, one of the major things I'm really proud of and one of the major things that keeps drawing me back uh, week after week, uh, you know, getting all excited to interview all these amazing people really is just kind of the um, diversity in adventure sports that we've been able to have on. And not only adventure sports, but just the wide variety of athletes we've been able to feature. Um and when you get to feature a wide variety of athletes, you start finding a kind of commonalities amongst them. Like what draws them back? What brings them passion? Uh, you know, and things like this. Uh, and some of those commonalities really are just an absolute love for what they're doing. And I think Scotty and you know, once you get the opportunity to watch The Dissensionists and, you know, when that is out and available to the public, I will make sure to let all of you guys know because it's an awesome film. Uh, but the thing that is instantaneously recognizable is Scotty's love and passion for speed flying. And for all of us non-speed flyers or, you know, for people who have never done anything like this. And by the way, now's the time to pause the podcast and look up what that is and check out. I'll have some videos in the show notes. Check that out. Check out Scotty's YouTube page and really like see what it entails. Uh, but for the rest of us who haven't ever had this experience, um, it's something that just captures the imagination. Um, it's this lovely balance, and I love how they describe it. They, they describe it as a balance between flying and falling, and you're going super fast and you're close to the ground, and um, it requires 100% focus, attention, and presence uh, to be successful at it. And, and when you talk to someone like Scotty, as you're about to hear, um, for Scotty, it involves this extreme dedication to waking up every day and going up, hiking a mountain and jumping off it. So uh, let's just jump right into the episode. I'm so absolutely incredibly uh, excited to share this one, but also just so honored that um, I got the chance to meet Scotty and uh, that he was kind enough to come on the episode and listen to a bunch of like newbie questions from someone who doesn't really understand the sport. So, uh, so yeah, let's jump into it. This is like a Bigfoot podcast number 357 with Scotty Dabo. Today, uh, I am so honored. I got to run into, uh, this wonderful gentleman at the Breckenridge Film Festival, uh, 
last weekend and i'm super psyched to talk with him uh scotty dabo and scotty uh welcome to the podcast man thanks chris really good to be here man so good to meet you and um congratulations on your film too man it was awesome thanks yeah thanks well so you do this thing that i think i had seen once on uh, in a movie did you ever watch magnetic that documentary yes yeah yeah familiar with uh familiar with the movie yes so there's speed flying in that right or am i just like imagining things there is there is a short segment that whole film is um basically a whole collection of short segments about extreme sports and extreme athletes and there is one segment about speed flying yeah and i know it's like it is a really short part of that movie but dude that like stuck out to me because <laughs> i didn't even know that people did that um and then going to breckenridge we watched your wonderful movie the dissensionists and and you're there and you live in Breck and you're like a local and, and all that. And I'm like, wow, Scotty, like actually speed flies like that is wild. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to have you on and, and hear all about this sport. I'll probably ask some dumb questions because, you know, I, I don't know a lot about it. That's pretty much all we get, mate. It's um, <laughs> a lot of layman questions. No one really understands it. I don't think we understand it ourselves. So. Yeah. Well, first of all, like how big is the community? Like, is it like do you guys all know each other or what so i mean the community it's such a such a fringe sport at this moment uh it's gaining traction um i would say under 500 people probably speed fly in the world um and in any extreme sport any outdoor sport i would say there's about a hundred people that actually speed fly on the regular yeah uh some people are definitely perfect condition perfect weather kind of people um but i would say there's about 100 yeah about 100 to 150 actual get after it speed flyers out there awesome so you would you wouldn't consider yourself perfect condition perfect weather kind of guy no i'm gonna i'm a make it happen every day kind of guy <laughs> that's awesome man well okay i want to start there so i i want to just hear about your ideas just like what is it like to go out and just fly like what what is it that's drawn you to that like what do you think is the kind of like universal thing that that draws all of us to that kind of idea yeah i mean i think we've all had that dream whether it be a literal dream or a desire for human flight yeah. um we all have that itch inside of us to just jump off the roof of the house uh fly around the neighborhood i mean watching cartoons growing up superman i mean it's it's human desire to fly um and this is just the most natural and adventurous way to do it uh, yeah. at this current time uh there's no motors there's nothing it's it's the closest to human flight that you can get and it's i mean it's you know similar to wingsuiting wingsuiting is that head first human flight thing we all think of but speed flying is just so much more accessible and approachable, um, just as consequential, but yeah, you know, those doors are much more wide open, uh, for people wanting to get into speed flying or paragliding in general. Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember if in your movie, someone described it as like this, you're like walking the line between falling and flying. Can you kind of like use that idea, like to describe <laughs> what speed flying is? So yeah, so speed flying is a fringe discipline of paragliding. Uh, so we favor proximity uh, proximity to the terrain 
and high speeds as opposed to sustained uh, or prolonged flight. So basically, in its true essence, um, it is controlled fall. Uh, Our glide ratio is three to one. So, you know, we're going three meters forward for every one meter down or same works with feet as well. But um, yeah, so basically it's just a way to control our descent. Uh, It's a way to get off the top of the mountain. It's just a very thrilling way to play with the terrain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think too, it's kind of funny to me, like going for a hike is one of the most peaceful, calm, slow things you can do. And so you go for a hike up these mountains, you know, and then you're doing the exact opposite going down. Like, you know, it's like the most adrenaline filled, crazy experience. Like, I don't know. I just think that's kind of an interesting, like two sides of the coin here. Yeah. I mean, the dichotomy there is the whole adventure is exciting. I mean, we're quite often hiking in places, scrambling up these avalanche zones that no one else has anything to do with. Um, we're making use of terrain that no one else wants to play with. We're in chossy rock. We're in avalanche paths. So basically, we're, we're hiking, having a great time, enjoying the view. And then we get to save our knees and we get to huck it down the hill and get back to the uh, car with our hearts pumping. In like less than a minute. Yep. Yep. So the ratio is about 60 to one. So we're, you know, I'd say we're very fit human beings. Um, we can get up 3,500 feet is what it's like in the local area. So about a 3,500 foot scramble up. Um, and then that takes us about an hour and a half and then it's about a minute 30 to get down. So yeah, about 60 to one ratio. So that's, (laughs) that's awesome. And so what is the local scene like in Breckenridge, like doing these kind of things? Um, so there's only a small, small community here locally. Uh, there are some new pilots getting into paragliding and they're sizing their wings down to get into speed flying. I think uh, now that it's becoming a bit more of a, a thing that people have seen. Um, but there is a huge community in Boulder uh, okay. in, the front, in the front range. Um, and a lot of people come up here on the weekends to kind of get their high altitude fix. Um, so down there, you get a lot more full-size activity, full-size uh, cross-country, you know, traveling long distances, using thermals to rise up with bigger wings. But a lot of people come up here on the weekends to also do that, but also to, you know, get on their mini wings or speed wings. Um, mini wings being kind of smaller paragliders, okay. more hike-friendly, um, and a little bit less glide than a full-size. But a lot of people, yeah, venturing into that speed flying category and. Uh, there's probably, I would say, 10 to 15 okay. people. In, I would say 15 to 20 in Colorado that actually speed fly regularly. Yeah, yeah. Where do you have like a route in Breckenridge area or in Summit County that's like, I don't know, like, you know, when you hike or, you know, I'm a trail runner. So when I go yeah. trail run all the time, I'm like, this is, it feels like my mountain because I'm up here all the time, you know, like, do you have a yeah. route like that where you're like, this is my favorite one and I've done it a billion times. Like, I don't know. Definitely. No. So, um, so basically the zone we fly in, so in each, in each zone, you're going to have different lines, right? So it's like a backcountry zone. You're going to have different lines that you can hit. Same thing. Uh, We're looking for those deep gullies and deep gorges. Um, So our local zone is Officers Gulch, which is between Frisco and Copper. It's all that gnarly, gnarly stuff that you see up on the left that basically 
it's not impossible to backcountry ski, but it's it takes the perfect conditions to do so. And there's no reason to go up there unless you're uh, just looking for a little scrambly adventure. And uh, no, for us, that's our zone. We quite often, we get to the top. I've actually had this happen where I get to the top of, with the with the 10-mile range, you have peaks one through 10. Yeah. And Officer's Gulch is kind of peaks one through four. So quite often, I'll get up in the morning, I'll go up peak two, I'll run into people doing the 10-mile traverse. You know, and that's even reserved for very fit people. It's that that's that traverse is eight thousand feet of elevation gain, and about you know, it's a full day of uh, full day of work. But it's on my often... it's on my bucket list. Every yeah. summer, I'm like, I'm doing it this summer, and then for whatever reason, <laughs> I never end up getting up and doing it. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's a really good one. It was one of my favorite hikes. Living here locally in Summit County to do a traverse that goes ten miles along a mountain range. That yeah. You get to see the, the the county from every different view but um yeah so we quite often we get up there and we see people doing the traverse and i've actually had it once before where you um you get up to the top of say peak one in the morning and you run into someone starting off the traverse fly down and then we'll run up peak four and we'll see them again <laughs> and they'll be like where did you what on earth is going on you know <laughs> and we're just we're just running up and down the mountain every morning as many times as we can before we have to go to work or wherever yeah and, um no if you, if you do the traverse you'll see little sticks with little ribbons on them basically and any of those will mark one of our launches we just have you know little ribbons that will basically give us an idea of what the winds are doing yeah 100 100 feet down the hill so we know what to expect when we launch yeah how do you so, even respond like to i mean there to me i'm just like there seems like there's so many variables in a flight you know obviously winds like a huge one but even probably like temperature and things like that like how do you how do you respond to those variables? Um, I mean, it does take a lot of time to learn how to forecast, yeah. um, to, to confidently forecast, let's say. Up here, being 100 miles on the leeward side of the Rocky Mountains, we do get a lot of trash. Um, so it's not just about checking surface winds, it's about checking uppers. So you're checking winds that are up there where airliners are flying, so you kind of know what the jet streams are doing. You, it, it takes a lot. Um, yeah. But for the most part, I mean, my forecasting now is just checking the app in the morning. If it looks good enough on surface winds, I'm at that level where I just enjoy getting out in the morning and I'll just go up the mountain. If it's not working, I have taught myself how to say no. And that's taken a lot of getting hurt to understand that saying no is okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so quite often you get up there and the winds are doing quite the opposite of what you think. Um, and you just have to go for a hike down, you know, whatever. You I mean, you're like, up. at the end of the day, I'm still, I'm outside. I'm hiking exactly. down. It's fine. <laughs> exactly, man. It's all about just getting outside and um, just enjoying being out there and the adventure of it. And I don't know. Yeah, exercise and health is also very important. And that's kind of getting knocked out with it. And, yeah, you know, we're just up there having a good time. Yeah. I want to hear about doing like a flip. There's probably like a technical term <laughs> for that. But you're going down. You're close to the ground you're in these canyons going super fast and then you're doing like flips also. Um, yep, yep. what was it like the first time you're like, this is the time I'm doing a flip. Like, what was that like? Definitely. Uh, so they're called barrel rolls okay. uh, because it is your, it's your, um, you know, your pitch. So you got pitch, you're in roll. So it's because it's on the roll axis of flight. That's called a, a barrel roll. Yeah. Um, you know, again, we, we might have new tricks to, to do, but it's, as far as tricks go, it's actually um, a very 
uh let's say it's a it's an efficient way to get yourself lower to the terrain yeah uh, and that's kind of what it's used for so you quite often as you're flying you build up energy build up energy as you go and it's a way to use that energy to kind of come back down towards the terrain and every time you every time you uh roll on the roll axis axis you are basically losing a little bit of height and keeping yeah so it's, it's, it's kind of all about energy retention in your wing because it is an open ram style cell it needs airflow in the front but um no the rolls man the first time trying that uh obviously i had some friends that were doing them i was pretty new to it but you just start off really high in the air and you just kind of you know you work your way into doing 360s that's a pretty basic maneuver on a paraglider yeah and then you realize because your weight loading is so high um basically when you have a high weight loading you have more control over your wing um because you're basically you know the pendulum's heavier and you're just whatever you do the wing's going to do go with you so yeah you just start up high and you just kind of have to start doing faster 360s and then you realize there's a certain point where you just have to kind of jar it and you know controllably but um yeah, yeah you yeah. just got to kind of get yourself over that vertical just put enough energy in the wing <laughs> to get yourself over that vertical spot because the last thing you want is to stop above your wing if you're upside down and you fall into your wing that's called getting gift wrapped and there's basically no way out of that getting gift wrapped so, sounds like a really weird way of describing something horrible yeah it's a pleasantly horribly a pleasantly horrible way to put it isn't it yeah it it, it really <laughs> yeah. is i yeah. do have to say like so i'm a middle school science teacher uh yeah and everything you're talking about between like you know thermals and and all the physics you just mentioned i'm like can you tell my students that science is important because i'm like <laughs> they're always like yeah, when yeah. are we going to use this i'm like man you don't know when you're going to be speed flying down a mountain i don't know yeah you're gonna get you're gonna get uh, get me in trouble though with all the parents aren't you <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think i should do any uh public public talks uh, in front of the kids. no yeah no no public speed <laughs> no none of that um <laughs> uh all right so obviously i want to get back to flight eventually but i do want to hear about your background just like as an athlete or an adventurer like i don't know were you always like an adventurous spirit or is this kind of a new phase of life for you yeah no i think um i'm the third child uh, out of three so i'm the youngest i always kind of got away with more i think and so i always kind of pushed the boundaries a little bit more too but um no i think it started off as a kid, man, my uh, my dad liked to not necessarily mountaineer, but he liked to climb mountains. So he got us into it. We did a few of the the local volcanoes in the North Island in New Zealand. Um, but I also played soccer at a very competitive level. Yeah. So I came over to the States for a college soccer scholarship. Um, in my senior year, I kind of found myself very much over the sport. Um, but also very fit because of it and just kind of sick of being told where to be and what to do. And so being in the Bay Area, uh, Cal State, uh, East Bay, I um, found myself kind of skipping class and skipping trainings in my senior year and going off to Yosemite to go hike and explore. And that was you know, kind of my entry into the outdoors on my own personal level. And um, then I made a decision that I wanted to go move in the mountains. So when I got done with college and college soccer, I... Uh, Got on my motorcycle, did a three-month road trip around the country on my motorcycle, camping out the whole way around, kind of a $20 a day kind of budget, yeah. and um, found Breckenridge, Colorado, middle of December on my motorcycle, and just kind of 
felt like home for me, man. And uh, wanted to spend a season on the mountains. And next thing you know, I'm snowboarding and paddleboarding and then upgrading that to white water rafting and mountain biking. And then um, next thing you know, I'm skydiving and speed flying. Yeah. It was kind of as a natural transition into <laughs> what more gnarly stuff can you do? Yeah, man. Well, so what other places were you exploring there? Like, you know, did you, was there any other places that you're like, ah, oh, this almost seemed like home for me? Um, yeah, I mean, any, I've always loved just small towns, uh, yeah. places that you can not get away with being a bad person, you know, uh, small towns are a good, a good having a good local community. You, you gotta be a good person. Otherwise yeah. you're going to get pushed out. Um, and I've just always loved that coming from a town of like, 500 people uh growing up um and just kind of always just enjoyed the friendly waves and the knowing something about everybody and the local coffee shop or the local uh market or something like that but Breckenridge for me just had that um kind of showing off in the off uh, showing up in the off season kind of had that character and I just fell in love with it it was just um yeah everyone was just super friendly and everyone knew each other I mean I showed up and was just couch surfing and, you know, the guy I was couch surfing with put me in connections with people that manage restaurants, you know, and just yeah. straight off the bat, he was like, you're a good fit, for, you're a good fit for this place. And, uh, we're going to make sure you find home here. But, um, no, otherwise plenty of places in this, in this, in this country, man, they, they all could be home. Um, yeah. but at the end of the day, it's not that the grass is always greener. It's always, it's going to be greener when you water it. So it's just a matter of making home where you feel good and everything kind of lines up and, uh, make the most of it yeah get, get involved in the community and if it's got everything you want then you're gonna find it find it as your home yeah and plus you can go hike at four in the morning and get up a mountain <laughs> exactly yeah like pretty much every yeah. day you want you know exactly so um no that's the great thing about breckenridge is that you uh no more than a five minute walk away from national forest yeah and um if you really want to get away from people which during the busy season that definitely is a is a bit of an issue but um yeah it's not too hard to get away from people out here yeah you can you can disappear pretty quick yeah was there any like adventures that you've had or or misadventures we always talk about misadventures on the podcast yeah. cuz that's always just entertaining <laughs> but uh were there any that were like kind of significant for you or like gave you confidence you know as like an outdoors person or or anything like that yeah, definitely. I mean, so that motorcycle trip was kind of my first yeah. big adventure. That was three months on a motorcycle. I had my surfboard strapped to the side, um, you know, just like a few pairs of clothes and my little gas cooker. And Dude, you had to look me. like the coolest person rolling into any town. Come on now. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I looked really. I didn't really, wasn't really caring about that. Um, but it, I mean, it felt cool. Definitely felt pretty cool to... Um, yeah, I could tell people who had their eyes on me, like, what is this guy doing in the middle of the country with a surfboard strapped his bike? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm traveling to the next coast. You know, you know, you, know you can ship that surfboard. Is it? Yeah, that's not how I want to do it. Nah, it's, it's um, way better this way. Yeah, yeah, carry everything with you. But um, <laughs> no, that was a real eye opener as to how far I could stretch a dollar. Um, I think I had about two thousand dollars in my bank account um after working for a few months after college and i made that stretch three and a half months i think i only paid for two nights of accommodation and that was in december in new mexico i think because it was just so damn cold yeah but um oh, it's fantastic man just like doing that and just getting around with 
15 to 20 dollars a day going up showing up to campsites talking to you know retired americans and they're just want to know my story and they're just inviting me in to eat their food and drink their whiskey and uh it was just a great um eye opener to like well if you really want to make something happen you can really make a dollar stretch really far and you can really embrace the suck and just make a true adventure out of it yeah um so that was a real eye-opener as to like how far you can get with a little amount of money um and then there was some other smaller adventures i did like once i moved to breckenridge i remember there was this one little adventure i went on it was with the paddleboard and i was like i want to go i want to float the grand canyon on my paddleboard which i was warned against um and i didn't do the didn't do the grand but i uh ran to some local guys in page arizona and they told me about this rappel you can do down the glen canyon dam basically right beside it and they just told me about it i had no rock climbing experience at this point and so i just went out there and just hand over hand my way down this you know 800 foot cliff <laughs> um and there was a point there where i dropped my bag with all my stuff in it and i remember watching this bag fall like 400 feet and just plummet and just roll 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 down to the river and i was just sitting there thinking like that could very much easily be my body falling <laughs> off this cliff and yeah. how easy it would be to just to disappear and um and it just made me think okay from now on i've got to be more preventative and a bit more calculated in my adventures but also never never stop seeking true adventure um and again you know that sounds pretty easy looking back i could just get a repel device repel down float down a uh not even rapids really but like just just going out alone with no real skill um and just a passion for adventure and that was like man you can see some cool stuff if you just have the passion um yeah. and you can really make it safe and live a long fruitful life if you just prevent bad things from happening if you just do a little mitigation risk mitigation and um you can really still live a true adventurous lifestyle for as long as you damn well want yeah yeah you know i love that the balance between the two because i think yeah i think a lot of time the focus falls on the passion part and yeah. then but then you have the people who actually go out and do it realize like the mitigation is obviously a significant <laughs> a significant right. part of this whole thing exactly yeah and that's i mean that's the thing it's looking from the outside in what we do on these wings off the mountains very easy to think we have a death wish um but you know we're not just i don't know we're not trying to die at the end of the day we're not trying to yeah we're not we don't have a wish a wishful thinking for a short life we want to live long fruitful lives but um it's just i mean you could call it addictive or um you can call us adrenaline junkies or, or whatnot, but um, yeah, yeah, definitely more consequential than your everyday activities. But um, it's just, I mean, it's a way to really truly live life, you know, yeah. instead of just simply living, showing up to work, making money, saving for a home. I mean, we're getting out there and we're living life to the fullest every damn day, and we're uh, just smile, smile on our face the whole day afterwards. It's a, it's a great way to have fun, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I was going to ask you, like, how many days can you go without flying before you start getting, like, itchy for it? Uh, no, it doesn't take long. <laughs> <laughs> um, once you've got a taste of it, it's just this, it's always itching. You're always looking at the mountains and what lines there are that you could paint 
down the mountain with your speed yeah running, you're um constantly looking at the weather you're even if you know the weather's going to suck for the next few days you're still checking it every night and every morning because things change yeah um, yeah but no i mean with my my girlfriend's career i travel a lot to kind of to be with her a lot of the year and okay sometimes it means being in flatland areas and i'm just sitting there just itching just wishing i had mountains in my life you know yeah what what kind of areas like i'm so i'm from the i'm from uh iowa originally so i definitely oh man it's hard so like when i go up to breckenridge obviously i'm like well this is what i this is what you don't have when you're in iowa you know what i mean like you don't have this you don't have these opportunities but there are like you know there are different adventurous things that people do there i just feel like it's a little bit more challenging to like to find them you know what i mean yeah well it's hard to find motivation when you're not surrounded by motivation you know it's um, yes yeah up here in breckenridge summit county so many people are getting after it and it's just so easy to motivate yourself to also get after it yeah um the weather also being you know 300 days of sun every year it's it's also very motivating to not be a lazy ass and stay in bed <laughs> that's but, true um, that's true yeah no it's it's a yeah i mean the mountains man they just once you've like anyone that's done a 14 you know i mean you've done one fort i don't know many people that have done one 14 no you know no, no one makes one 14 of their goal they they go and say oh that looks like fun i'll join you on this hike and next thing you know they're ticking off the 54 or 58 peaks or however many there are it's because here's what happens with 14ers is it's really difficult going up like it doesn't matter which one you're doing like honestly because i think the altitude is just a the x factor that destroys you oh for sure and the whole time going up you're like i don't know if i'm ever going to want to do one of these again and then as <laughs> soon as you get back down to your your car you're like all right what's the next one like you start looking it up yeah. you know oh for sure that euphoria of just accomplishment eh? It's, yes um, i don't know it's people that haven't really felt that accomplishment and it's not just with the outdoors with anything man and that yeah. all comes out finding your passion but you know, you set yourself a small goal and you reach it and you and you that euphoria of reaching your goal just makes you want to push for more and more and more and next thing you know, you're speed flying off mountains. So Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. Well, so dude, I want to hear about the movie uh, a little bit. The movie that you guys um was it it was it the premiere at Breckenridge or Yeah, that was the well, not the true premiere. We were on a small film festival before that. Okay. Uh, that we weren't able to make it. But um and we but... did do a small premiere event at our at the bar I work at. Okay. Um so part of part of uh the support that I had for that film was my boss said, Hey man, you can recoup some money by doing a small little premiere here and you know, you shout the beer and all that and you can have the whole space and do the premiere here and do ticket sales or whatever and yeah. Make some money from it. But um Again, we didn't make any money from it. It was all uh, basically a self-funded passion project. Um, there's nothing out there that explains speed flying. Not just a true quick edit of flying down the mountain and doing cool stuff, but nothing really was out there that explained the whole process. Um, yeah. yeah, It's easy to see, oh, these guys are so lucky. They must drive to the top of the mountain or get a helicopter and just fly off. There's no work involved. It's just pull right you go right pull left you go left you get to have fun all day must be nice eh? yeah (laughs) but no i really wanted to explain that you know i'm a a bartender so i work 40 plus hours a week bartending 
Um, so it's not, you know, it's a, let's say a middle-class income, um, up here in Breckenridge, you can make a pretty good lifestyle for yourself bartending. And it's just the flexibility of that job. This is all what I kind of explained in the film is just the flexibility of that job allowed for me to really chase getting play in the mountains done. Um, so I was able to work till midnight, one in the morning, again, motivated to get up at four or five in the morning to go fly so man how, uh, if I was... how strong is that coffee at four and five in the morning <laughs> i cannot do coffee before a hike man um, because dude i wait yeah. i'm i'm also an early riser like i'll wake up at four but yeah. i'm going to bed at like embarrassingly early <laughs> like yeah. i'm putting yeah. my kids to bed and i'm falling asleep first you know what i mean <laughs> and i can't imagine staying up till midnight and then being like i'm gonna wake up in four hours Oh man, well, when you check the forecast at one in the morning when you get home from work and you see it's perfect, I mean, <laughs> again, it's that kind of addictive part of it is that yeah. if I didn't go, I'd be kicking myself all day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's and that's the kind of the reason I got so good so quick because uh, I've been doing this for four years now, um, a lot less than most other people, but I've been going every day. Yeah. Um, it was just that dream of mine to fly so naturally motivating and so therefore four hours of sleep was quite fine i could get yeah. by with that four hours of sleep climbing a mountain once or twice in the morning going to work all night and uh repeat 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 until your body just can't take it anymore and then you go to sleep for 12 hours yeah no i love what you just said about there really wasn't a film that explained the what it actually takes because yeah. even when i think back to when i watched that magnetic documentary on netflix like i'm pretty sure they just showed these guys zooming down the mountain doing cool tricks and stuff and then just cut out of it and went somewhere else and i was yeah. just like what was that what like exactly and that's and that's kind of the the issue is it's everyone's looking for that uh I mean, right now, I guess when I mean, you think about like backcountry skiing when it first yeah. became a big thing, you weren't that involved in the whole way of getting up. You weren't really that invested in how do they get up there. You just wanted to see cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how speed flying is right now. Everyone's just kind of wow, wowed out at the, uh, the, I don't know, the idea of just hucking yourself off a mountain. But um, I think a lot of people do take for granted that, no, we are hiking every step of that and we are spending hours and hours and hours in logistics checking forecasts we're down there making sure there's somewhere safe to land we're binoculars looking up at the terrain seeing if there's somewhere to launch um which you never quite know till you're actually up there so yeah it is quite it's quite blind sometimes you you get to the top of a mountain and you realize well oh, there's nowhere to launch yeah there's literally nowhere to launch um and you but you make it work the, the the better you get the more you can make things work and technology is now catching up to what we could kind of make work as well so they're coming out with lighter weight fabric you can make very light winds work with very short launches and again like all the stuff i couldn't really explain in a short film but um yeah. i kind of really wanted to touch on the idea that first of all i'm just a normal guy working a normal job yeah second of all I'm hucking myself off mountains. Like it's just you can make yeah. you can make things work if you if you find the time. You know, yeah. you can find the time to make your passion work. And I just wanted to kind of show that you don't have to have, you know, daddy's credit card or a helicopter or, you know, 
you can you can make it work if you just find the time of the day for it and when your body's ready to sleep it'll it'll tell you to go to sleep and get some rest so yeah yeah i love the quote in there from your uh girlfriend that just said i think she said i've not seen this much passion and dedication in anyone ever um <laughs> what like what do you think like is there a specific thing that like has given you that passion for it or, or you know what like where do you think that comes from i mean i don't know like this this part of me is very competitive i mean you know playing college soccer yeah. and and you know run marathons and such before and all of that but um i'm just naturally very competitive uh when i get into something and i like something i don't dilly dally around with you know half-assing it i i get out there and i get after it and i see if it's really for me by really throwing myself in the deep end and really seeing if i can be good at it and um i think it was just that intrinsic value of the sport is just so freeing and so adventurous and just ticks all the boxes for me uh so again it wasn't um you know it's not like a there are mornings where you wake up and you think oh man i just want to sleep in a little bit last night at work was so tough Oh, but then you just know that this is such a weather-dependent sport that you have to take whatever window you can. So you, I set my alarm and I have a little message there that says, you know it's worth it. <laughs> you know as soon as you step foot on that mountain, you know that the tiredness is going to go away. You know that as soon as you're done with that flight, you're going to be you know, ear-to-ear smiling your face. Yeah, you just, you just know it's worth it. So it just takes a, a couple times to kind of realize that yeah you can you can you can wake yourself up and again it's just i mean naturally very passionate about the sport and um i think if you have a desire to be the best you can and enjoy it all and yeah you're gonna find yourself waking up at stupid times in the morning and hiking up you know 50 55 degree scrambles at 4 30 in the morning in the dark yeah just so you can get that nice wind uh, wind window to to fly off so yeah, that's awesome, man. What I guess last kind of question just about the like in in the movie, it's showing a lot of things from your perspective, which I thought was cool. And to watch that in a theater, you know, as you're zooming down and doing doing the barrel rolls and stuff like that's awesome. And I'm sure you might not even be able to answer this because it might just be purely instinctual or just being so focused in the moment. But like, what what is going through your brain as you're speed flying like can you even describe it or not i mean it's honestly nothing nothing yeah. is going through my brain it's that pure sense of flow you know that's i've got nothing in my life that's stressful and i've created a life for myself that isn't stressful so i'm not trying to get away from anything by seeking this flow state but there is something truly addictive about it. I mean, you you take a few breaths before you launch. You really think, is this a good idea? Yes or no? You can say no. Once you're in the air, it's like big wave surfing or uh, dropping a waterfall on a whitewater kayak. I mean, there's nothing going through your head at all except the execution of the task. Um, so, I mean, we're looking no more than a couple hundred feet ahead of us. Things are just anything in our periphery is blurry basically. And we're just so focused on the little hazards that might be in the way, but mostly on just where we're going. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a truly addictive feeling, feeling that flow state. You're, you're really not thinking about anything at all, except for 
I don't know the, the target in front of you really. Yeah. It's just so such a narrow focus and you're really just looking at the line and you're just saying sometimes I pre-think or premeditate about it and think about how it would be the coolest way to if I was watching this from a helicopter or watching this from a drone or you know like if you're an angel in the sky watching this how cool of a way going to get down this but sometimes you just yeah that's the flowiest way to do it but you just get off and you start flying and you just think to yourself what is the natural way to get down this mountain and i don't know it's again not thinking about much at all just just that next turn and how to get myself on that next turn or down that next cliff and yeah no that's but, awesome man that's yeah. yeah that's kind of what i was ex expecting but i wasn't sure you know because <laughs> yeah but uh i do want to hear really quick as we had to kind of wrap up like you're going out to moab you're going to do some cool i mean moab has to be like one of the coolest areas in the west i think like there's so yeah. much to do if you're into adventures there's like an infinite amount of things you can do there um but what's like what's your plan in moab like what's what are you gonna be up to um so yeah moab's a great place i mean you could do some flying around there the the vert isn't as high as the true mountains um but there are some really cool things you can do with the wings. I mean, I've flown through, uh, flown my paraglider through Corona Arch. Okay. Um, you know, they've, they've cut that off. You're not allowed to do rope swings from the arch. Or you're not allowed to repel from the arch. But they said nothing about free soloing up the side of it and then flying through it. So um, I'm sure it's just a matter of time before that gets shut down. But, um, you know, I've got pretty cool pictures of flying through the arch. Uh, but no, this next week, I... Um, the idea is to, I've tried it before and I haven't quite got it, but I really want to get a toe drag on top of Kingfisher. Yeah. Uh, there's a small little section of red dirt up there and I just thought it'd be really cool to touch the top, you know? Uh, you, can launch <laughs> from, you can launch from above it uh, from this, uh, it's, a, it's a wingsuit, law, a base jumping launch called uh, the Dragon's Nest. And so you can um, juma your way up that, you can launch it and I've, really want to get a good toe drag along the top of kingfisher so i'm going to meet up with a friend we're going to climb the colorado northeast route up kingfisher tower it's um a pretty crappy um uh aid climbing route on really really bad rock but um, i want to go up there and i just want to move some rocks around so I'm, I'm not going to break my ankle when i try to go for this true toe drag yeah yeah so it's gonna be you know gonna be like you know a full day of climbing to go up there to move a couple rocks around and then we'll go down and then i'll <laughs> go up the next day so i can actually get this toe drag because the last time i've tried it there was a, a couple rocks right in the way and yeah. i don't really want to go breaking my toes so no where's yeah, uh where's the dragon's nest at like how much so further the, dra the dragon's nest is so obviously it's just uh the kingfisher is a detached tower but yeah. um the dragon's nest is just the next cliff band up above it so it's okay. another thousand feet above kingfisher back about you know quarter of a mile but um yeah so you have to hike scramble there's a 200 foot of uh 200 foot section of jumaring so you have to take a bit of climbing gear but once you're up there you can you're looking down on the kingfisher i mean the whole fisher towers area it's it's like one of the coolest views in all of moab it really uh, i mean i think fisher towers is one of the coolest places in moab yeah and then looking down on that and then looking at the LaSalle's all in the same frame. Oh, yeah. And then you get to fly it. <laughs> so, oh, my God. That's amazing, you know, dude. You just well, fly, you used to fly around these towers, just that a little, uh, <laughs> like a little slalom course. It's quite cool. I mean, like to be able to buzz ancient art, you know, like things like that. You're To rock climb, it's one thing, but then to 
just to buzz it like you're a bird it's it's quite another so um yeah i don't know it's just a, it's a fun little playground to play around with especially in these shoulder seasons up here in colorado it's you go out there get a little bit better wind uh better weather and um yeah so it's a dude <laughs> get that toe drag on kingfisher dude that's amazing well dude best of luck for that where can uh where can people kind of like follow your journey and then do you know like where like what you guys are going to do with dissensionists like are you guys going to try to put it out somewhere or what yeah so the, the plan with dissensionists um is to find distribution for it we kind of got some connects now through the film festivals um so hopefully you'll see it soon um if if nothing comes to fruition then we will distribute it ourselves on youtube but and that'll likely be before before christmas so we'll we'll know in the next few weeks whether there's a distribution plan for it and if not we'll probably again come out of my pocket as the whole film has um it'll come out of my pocket to kind of advertise it and make sure we get views on it but yeah it's basically the original idea for that film was to have this big bad adventure big bad objective and kind of explain all about speed flying um because it was self-funded i wasn't quite aware about i was a bit wide-eyed about the whole process and i think it just kind of turned more into a explain what it is let's do something locally and let's use this as a resume for as a proof of concept for something totally. bigger in the future yeah so that'll be the goal um i want to start talking to production companies that might be able to help with funding and such to make a bigger better full-length story of it all uh but for right now it's um for for the funding it got i think a really cool exciting film and so good excited, it sounds like yeah but um yeah hopefully in the next few months you'll see it on youtube um but for the moment you can follow uh at dissensionists on instagram um hard one to spell but if you yeah at decentionists uh you're about to find it but uh there's some well, cool... i'll link it i'll link it on here too. yeah there's some cool stuff on there and we'll kind of keep people up to date on when we're thinking about releasing it um and that way we can actually yeah get the views on it and then um hopefully find some sponsorship for the sport because there's nothing existing right now yeah and um yeah if i could find a way to kind of fund my travels and fund my passion then i'm gonna do everything I can to do so. And this film was really just a way to, you know, not only entertain and, and educate, but it's, it was a way for me, a conduit for me to find sponsorship on the sport. And yeah. um, that's yet to come, but hopefully soon. Heck yeah, man. Where can people kind of follow your journey? Uh, so my personal, my personal uh, journey will be on Instagram also um, at Scotty underscore Dobbo, D-O-B-B-O. Awesome. Um, and I'm starting to do some more fun edits on YouTube as well. Same, same handle uh, at Scotty Dobbo. And um, yeah, starting to do a few more stories about, you know, new first ascents, um, but more of the logistics and such involved. I mean, we were just up in Alaska and I did this little fun edit about, having a pack raft across a rapid section of river, <laughs> stash the raft, climb the mountain, fly down, pack raft back across, <laughs> back to the car. Yeah. Um, you know, again, it's just things that people don't see and people should be aware of before they get into the sport is that, yes, yes, there is an easy way, just like there is an easy way to get into mountain biking. You can, and skiing and snowboarding, but this is the, what we're doing is the back country of skiing. It's the big wave of surfing. It's the yeah. dropping waterfalls of kayaking. It's, you know, it's, it's the more extreme version of, of the, uh, of the true sport of paragliding. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, awesome, man. Well, Scotty, dude, thank you so much for coming on, man. I yeah, wish man. you the Thanks best of luck. I can't wait to see the toe drag. 
man that's gonna be beautiful <laughs> yeah hopefully we can uh link up with some drone pilot and uh actually capture it and yeah glory because yeah it's gonna be a lot of work for really just this little intrinsic thing that i want to get done a little, <laughs> little goal of mine you know hey man that's what makes it fun though exactly all righty that wraps up this week's episode of the like a bigfoot podcast uh scotty thank you so much for coming on thank you for sharing your story um and answering a bunch of my questions this was amazing to be able to talk to somebody who's doing uh the things that that you're doing man it is absolutely unbelievable and i highly suggest that everybody listening go online maybe go to scotty's i'm on scotty's instagram right now um which is scotty underscore dabo and just check out what he's been up to i mean just the visuals of this sport is such a visually uh kind of like it's visually pleasing you know like the aesthetics of someone flying and zooming through the air and doing barrel rolls and whatnot um and then it's absolutely like just watching it will kind of blow your mind a little bit maybe not even a little bit it'll blow your mind a lot bit um and i'm happy to say since we recorded this episode uh scotty successfully went out and got his foot drag on king fisher in moab utah and that is one of the the fisher towers area I think is one of the prettiest areas in Moab. So um, for him to go jump off and then drag his foot across one of them is pretty awesome. Um, But then you can kind of just see what he's been up to, you know, the day to day kind of passion, you know, at times like waking up that early to go hike a mountain, to go fly off a mountain before you go to work. There's probably times where it could feel like a drag, you know, like I think it's when the moment the alarm goes off. Uh, maybe I'm speaking from experience right now as I record this at 5.22 a.m. And when the alarm went off this morning, I was there was nothing that I wanted to do more than just lay my head back down and go back to sleep. But uh, but I knew I had things that I wanted to accomplish this morning. And I'm sure when Scotty wakes up and it's it's difficult and the alarm goes off and it's cold outside, I'm looking at some of his videos now, you know, we're in Colorado, it's been snowing up in the mountains and there's probably nothing he wants to do more than just lay his head back down to go back to sleep. But then that passion takes over and that motivation takes over and he's he's able to get himself out the door and once you're able to actually just just get up out of bed really the day started you're ready to go um and when it's something you're extremely um passionate about and something that's extremely fun and exciting and all of that it just makes it that much easier so anyways go check out his uh instagram check out his youtube when dissensionist comes out I will make sure to share that with all of you. Um, it is a fantastic film. I really enjoyed watching it. Uh, and I just like I said, I really enjoyed ta- talking to Scotty and getting this perspective uh, on this sport. As for me, next 
week. It's it's fast, fast, fast approaching. Um, I am going to be packing my bags and heading off uh, to South America to join Ray Zahab and a couple friends to hike and run and explore uh, across the uh, Atacama Desert in Chile. So uh, I'm so incredibly excited for that. And at this point of the getting ready to go nervous and, and uh, you know, but it's like a, it's a excitement mixed with nervousness, which is always a weird feeling. So um, we're leaving on Tuesday. It's gonna be quite the trip. Uh, I'm very, very excited for that. Uh, and I will tell you that we recorded an episode, me and my friend Phil Pinty, who's been on the show uh, quite often, who's the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, we recorded an episode last night of just our thoughts, kind of where we're at before this adventure. And uh, and we wanted to share that next week so that'll be next week's episode we'll actually be down there by the time the episode comes out uh and we'll be kind of starting our adventure by that point um but yeah really excited for it uh next week's episode we get really open about kind of just where we're at mentally emotionally um and all of that uh and why this adventure is important to us you know um so it's a really good episode. Uh, highly suggest coming back. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening. If this was your very first Like a Bigfoot podcast episode, thanks for joining us. We got a whole bunch. Check out the back catalog of adventurers. And we've talked to all sorts of amazing people. And, uh, you know, just I'm going to be honest, my life has changed just based off of these conversations and based off of these different perspectives I've been able to hear um, every single week. So so I've really loved doing this, this project. I hope that love comes through um, as you're listening. And yeah, we'll get back at you next week.